Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochulillo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cochulillo, and before we get started, I'd like to thank my executive producers, Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Cleansing and Protection Magic, Damien Keller, binaural production engineer, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a bunch of information there on how you can how you can contribute. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Preston Dennett, and I'm really excited about doing this episode. I've been thinking about it all month, and also, I have to say, every time I turn on my TV now, there is Preston. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Preston? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How oh, are you? I'm good. And also, congratulations on the success of your new book. Ah, yeah. Thanks. I'm You're... super excited. Actually, reached num- number two on Amazon Come under on. UFOs. So. Number one. <laughs> number one. It's g- You're going to hit it, man. <laughs> you deserve it. Hey, I'm happy. I am cannot come. That's great. So, um... So what do you think about what happened with this uh, nine-page disclosure document, you know? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm happy about a couple of things. I'm happy that they actually did use the word extraterrestrial in it. I think it was once <laughs> or twice. <laughs> uh, one was no evidence that this is extraterrestrial. Right. And another was the complete opposite. Like, well, maybe it is extraterrestrial. A little footnote appendix there, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they did say it's worthy of more study. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are the two positive things I got out of it. Right, uh, but otherwise, I was extremely disappointed. It was layered with lies, 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 and uh, for them to say, "Well, we've got what was it, 166 sightings here, <laughs> and we're not sure what it is." Yeah. Um, was a lie. That's a lie. It is. And Huge said, lie. Well, one's a balloon. Okay. You know, this could be, you know, radar propagations. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, because people are visually seeing these things. Right. Uh, and they did say, yeah, a number of these were caught on, you know, multiple sensors, uh, devices that were caught on radar. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they're talking about if someone's seeing it and it's on radar. Uh, so that sort of little footnote there that they put out, like one of the explanations should not have been in there at all. Right. And another thing they said, well, it could be Chinese or Russian <laughs> and maybe it's even us. I'm like, well, wait a second. You're the Pentagon and you don't know what you're, you are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, that was a kind of little bit of double speak there that just, really made me scratch my head is putting it nicely, but really made me want to sock him in the face Right, <laughs> is probably more accurate to mm-hmm. how I felt about this. Cause they're like, Oh, well, we don't know. It might be, you know, us secret 
stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. you guys are at the top of the intelligence uh, community here. If anyone knows, it would be you. Right. So, no, that was another lie. Uh, and yeah, all, the whole list was a, just a lie. Because they're saying, well, you know, maybe we should study this further. And I, I'm thinking, further? <laughs> What 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 have you been doing for the last seventy or eighty years? This, this is <laughs> right. This is not the first time they've studied this, and they're like, "Let's study these sightings." I'm like, "Sightings, really? Sightings? What about landings? Right. What about those? What about the craft that you have at Wright Patterson, at Edwards, at Norton Air Force Base, at Area Fifty One, at a number of Air Force bases?" Not only the U.S., across the world, let's face it. Yeah. So, hugely disappointing. Um, I was really hoping they would take it one step further and say, you know, there is a good possibility this is extraterrestrial. Uh, because the fact is, these are vehicles. They're metallic. They've got windows, for Pete's sake. <laughs> uh, you know, and they're turning at right angles, and they're accelerating at thousands of miles per hour. They're outdistancing our best aircraft. I love that, you know, the pilots are talking. Mm-hmm. And you can hear their <laughs> concerts filled with bleep, 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 this. Oh, look at that, bleep, bleep. Because <laughs> they're clearly impressed. Yeah. <laughs> And the pilots, I feel for them because they're put between a rock and a hard place. They're seeing what, and they know what it is. They know. And I think they're still being muzzled to a certain extent. And now some of these major officials are saying, I think it's aliens. And I'm glad to see that. But like, think it's aliens? You think. Shut up. You know. (laughs) Um, So I was hoping they'd show us, you know, a piece of metal. I was hoping they'd show us some real footage, uh, not this, you know, FLIR footage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they didn't. Um, it's too bad because it's to their benefit to do so. Because by failing to be more forthcoming, they are digging their own grave. Disclosure is not going to come from them. You know, they have one last chance here. You know, there's another report coming, the 70-page you know, classified report. Wow. When's that one come out? Um, who knows? It's supposed to come <laughs> you know, in, in you know, a few months. But I think it's quite clear, judging from this nine-page report, that we will not get the truth from them, and we will never get the truth from them. Disclosure will not be coming from the U.S. government. It's so filled with lies and doublespeak that I don't trust them. I just don't. Um, disclosure is going to come from the people and the extraterrestrials or maybe another government but I doubt I doubt it it's going to come from the ETs ultimately absolutely so, yeah, yeah. I, I was a little I mean when I first read it I said okay I, I felt exactly the same way you, what you felt in, and I caught all those different inconsistencies too that you just mentioned and then I, I, you know, I started watching some of the TV shows about, you know, the report, you know, from the, some of the UFO people like, you know, George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell. And, and, and I was a little surprised at some of the, that they were actually like, OK, well, they, at least this is something. 
and, and the, their reaction kind of also left me scratching my head because I'm like, what do you mean that's something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, well, we think it might be aliens or even something stranger than aliens. <laughs> Did you, I don't know if you saw the Discovery Channel. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm talking about. Um, it was with jo- Josh Gates. Yeah. I bust out laughing when Josh Gates, you know, who's a nice guy. I was yeah. actually on on that show. Yeah, I like ex- him too. Expedition X, and they did a good job. They yeah. caught stuff on camera. That was an awesome water. episode that you were on, actually. You told them right where to go, and they found something. Yeah, and they did. It was on camera. And it was clearly, you know, something solid. And Josh Gates like, well, maybe... You know, is is this a possible theory? Maybe it's some kid <laughs> who's invented a technology and is flying these little drones around. That that made me bust out laughing. <laughs> like, really, some kid who's been doing this for seventy years and has managed to create, I don't know, two hundred thousand UFOs, <laughs> a mothership that releases smaller craft. That's a that's a pretty smart kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, I was disappointed to hear people who should know better um, I, to say like, well, this could be aliens. Like, could be, please, we know what this is. How many people have to see grays? How many implants have to be pulled out of people's bodies? How mm-hmm. many landing trace cases do we need? How many moving photographs? How many abduction accounts? It's just absurd. People are seeing the aliens, and uh, some so-called experts are still waffling around the extraterrestrial theory. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense at all. People that have been reporting on this forever. Yeah, yeah. I and I think we're at the point now where I understand there are things we don't know about UFOs and this phenomenon, but calling it a mystery. I'm not so sure we should keep doing that. Maybe we don't know what planet they're from or how they travel, say, interdimensionally, mm-hmm. the time travel aspects. There's a lot of really interesting mysteries surrounding it. But I think it's quite clear, and I think the evidence speaks, shouts this. It's extraterrestrial. These are biological beings that are piloting, piloting vehicles from elsewhere, from presumably other worlds. If they are not aliens, what are we? <laughs> are You know, I mean, it, the extraterrestrial theory is so utterly logical, so completely in your face, obvious, uh, that it's, I just cannot walk away from it. It's not even a theory. I mean, the government knows. They, they have... Like you mentioned, they have crafts. They've they've had bodies and possibly even living aliens yeah. in their so possession. I, I mean, what yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So I think like the next step is to start thumbing our nose at the government and saying, you know, say what you want. We're not interested in what you have to say because you are lying. If you are willing to tell the truth, we will listen. But until then, disclosure and the whole focus of UFO research should stop you know, beating on this brick wall that's not going to come down. Mm-hmm. 
and start educating the public on what we truly know to be true uh, and put forth the evidence ourselves because it is there. Yes, there's a concerted campaign of disinformation and hoaxes. It's all over the internet. Uh, but we have enough information. We have reliable researchers. Mm -hmm. We have very credible experiencers. Uh, and this is, I think, what we should really start to focus on is saying, okay, don't listen to the liars. Listen to the truth tellers. It's clear they're lying about it. Why are you listening to them? So where do you think we should turn to next for disclosure? Do you think it should be scientists, the scientific community? Should it be universities? Or should it be independent research groups like MUFON? Uh, MUFON, the UFO groups, um, which I do support MUFON. There's lots of wonderful, wonderful people in it. But it's got a lot of intelligence officers in there as well. Of course. <laughs> um, um, it's had a lot of change in leadership. Uh, it's, had, it's had its controversies, as all UFO citizens groups do. So, yeah, I think it's a great tool, but it hasn't been super effective. This is a subject that is extremely popular, and yet if you look at the membership of citizens groups, uh, they're not very high. There's not a lot of people who are, you know, members of MUFON. It's in the, you know, the, what, six, seven thousand, I think. That surprises me with a population of you know, seven <laughs> billion people that we've got a few thousand people. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think what we should, who we should listen to are the whistleblowers, uh, people within government who have, in essence, defected. <laughs> and said no they're lying they're lying mm. and there are very high level people who are part of disclosure i would point to paul hellyer former De defense minister of canada i would point to a number of these guys uh but like when senators say oh we should look into this you know there might be something to it I'm like mm, not interested when you say there might be something to it it's clear to me you know there's something to it not might mm -hmm. So people who are willing to put forth the truth are the ones we sh should listen to. And we, we have to be very careful to discern who's telling the truth and who is lying. <laughs> but yeah, because Neil deGrasse Tyson is on my naughty list. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and, and I hate to name names, but I'm going to do it because uh, he's gone forth and kind of poo-pooed this whole thing. Uh, like, maybe aliens exist, but they're not visiting. I'm like, well, you clearly haven't examined the evidence, or you're lying. Right. Um, one or the other. Because uh, I don't think it's possible to be an objective, intelligent researcher and come away from this unconvinced. There's simply too much solid evidence. Look at the Lani Zamora case, the Socorro landing. The Transon Provence landing in France, mm -hmm. where crush railroad ties. Uh, you know the Delphos, Can Kansas landing. Uh, I mean, there are numerous cases where the proof, the physical proof, is there. Uh, the the landing at Westall High School in mm -hmm. Melbourne, Australia, that had some two hundred witnesses. 
How many witnesses do you need to a UFO event for that? That's the case. You know, the aerial Zimbabwe case. Mm -hmm. that, that's the one I would listen to. You know, Soma Siddick and Emily Trim. <laughs> They're on the UFO circuit. And they were there. They saw it. They are the one. They are disclosure. These are the people, I think, who are going to break the subject wide open. The experiencers, the researchers, the whistleblowers, and those who are defecting within government and have had access. Those are whistleblowers, I guess, uh, to some of this hardware. Mm -hmm. So how about like um, universities and private industry like Bigelow? Uh, well, I think they probably have got information, but are they forthcoming? No. Look at what happened to the Roger Lear research with alien implants. Uh, it's not in the public arena. None of those implants are in a museum mm -hmm. where they should be. Uh, they're not on 60 Minutes. What's wrong with the 60 minutes here? <laughs> um, what is wrong with the media that they are towing this party line? Like, oh, well, maybe there's something to it. When really any good reporter worth his salt or her salt would be able to see that there's much, much more to this than pilot sightings. Right. Yeah, that's that. I think that infuriates me most. Like, well, let's study the sightings. I'm like, sightings, sightings ha have the least pay dirt in them. What about the experiences? You know, that's got a lot of information. Right. What about these Roswell <laughs> incident? Mm -hmm. Let's let's disclose that. Let's study that. Let's hear what the Pentagon has to say about that. And don't tell me it's a weather balloon. Don't even go there. I, I mean, seriously, Jesse Marcel doesn't know what a weather balloon is. He's, <laughs> he's in intelligence, for Pete's sake. Mac Brazel doesn't know what a weather balloon is. He's had them crash on his property over and over again. Uh, you're, I'm getting all fired up. <laughs> 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 so yeah, it's it's been disappointing to say the least. You know, my 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 thing is I don't think they're going to come out with it because of the connection with these with the UFOs and telepathy. I I think if the if 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 it is revealed that human beings have telepathy powers and are able to activate them and use them is going to change our civilization drastically and it will also lessen our need for government and it'll lessen our need for a lot of the things that control us and, yeah, think, and, and it will hurt a lot of people that are in power i think you've hit the nail on the head you know yes it's a can of worms opening up this subject because you know what about the saucers that are in your possession what about all the contactees who are being taken on board what about all this physical evidence? But ultimately, you are right. That's what it comes down to. And that's, I think, why they're super afraid. Because if you look at who these people are, they are not nice people. <laughs> they do not have our best interests in mind. Right. Look at the wealth. Look at the power. Look at the greed and the corruption that is within this 
military industrial complex within who who is responsible for the cover-up you track it down and it's the highest levels of the military it is the military industrial complex it's the one percent it's those you know illuminati the conspiracy Mm -hmm. family the, the families that are controlling the world uh who are responsible for the division of wealth for the divisiveness within our society and know that if like you said, humanity starts activating their natural psychic abilities, their intuition. You can't lie anymore. Huge <laughs> problem. Thing in the past. <laughs> and, so, and this totally explains why the ET's perhaps number one agenda is waking people up psychically. Mm-hmm. They have multiple agendas, but that's a big one. That's and, always a common denominator with every experiencer I've ever spoken to has, you know, the, the telepathy and so many psychic abilities that they've had afterwards is always changed them. Yep, yep. It's definitely absolutely something I see too. And I think most researchers who really focus on the contactee, you know, aspect of this, because there are researchers who are like study UFO propulsion, researchers who study landing traces or implants or <laughs> You know, all kinds of aspects, the nuts and bolts, you know, this sort of thing. Uh, but I think, yeah, if you study the actual experiencers where there is the most pay dirt, uh, you start to realize there's a very strong spiritual aspect to this. And I would point to researchers like Barbara Lamb or John Mack, late John Mack, I think was really on the pathway to discovering the truth about all of this or at least trying to get it out. Uh, so I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with this sort of psychic aspect of it. It's the universal thing, telepathy. That's how ETs communicate. And all the experiences I've met are psychic, pretty much right down the line. Uh, whether it's before their experience or afterwards, it definitely afterwards, <laughs> it is activated right. in a big way. So, yeah, out-of-body experiences, that's huge. Precognition, mm-hmm. telepathy. I can't wait till this becomes <laughs> much more common. Because one of the things, uh, too, about the telepathy aspect of it is um, we wouldn't, we would be able to see us in each other's heads and minds. And that would make it a lot more difficult for the people in power to keep us divided because we could yeah. see the truth about each other that that we're all essentially just want the same thing precisely that's absolutely right and then we would see who has our best interests in mind and who doesn't and i'd really like to know what's happening to all the money i mean we know uh that 99% of the wealth is held by 1% of the population. That makes zero sense. I mean, literally zero sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's enslavement. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You know, and uh, it's got to stop. And I think that's what's freaking them out. Uh, right. Because I think they're afraid of the ETs. And uh, not because the ETs are hostile. ETs are a threat, yes, 
to them and their evil ways. That's the alien threat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For them to call it a threat is laughable <laughs> because these are guys with an extraordinary technology, mm -hmm. an extraordinary spiritual development, uh, a longevity on this planet. I mean, they've been here for millennia. <laughs> And they're super powerful. And what, now they're going to take over our planet and shoot shoot us and eat us for lunch? Are you serious? <laughs> These are the same guys who tried to stop you from using nuclear power, you know, shutting down the missiles at Malmstrom. Mm -hmm. uh, uh. But, but then some, some people will argue, though, that, that that is all a trick to convince us that they're on our side. And then once we... Or convinced of that, then they'll turn on us. Yeah. How do, how do you counteract where, that argument? Here's where we get into the disinformation campaign that's been really put forth. Uh, this is something our own government is doing with our own money. Uh, it has been a policy to not only cover this up, not only to make witnesses look like idiots or on drugs or you know, liars, uh, that's always been their sort of go-to. Hoaxes, hallucinations, misperceptions. That's what UFOs are. Uh, that's what the Condon Committee found. Blue Book, the Robertson panel. And the Condon Committee re recommended debunking techniques, actually going out and, uh, you know, making witnesses look like idiots and putting mm -hmm. forth false information. And that's what they're doing. They're creating a narrative that's not true, that ETs are bad, that they are kidnapping people against their will. And yeah, people are being taken on board. Yes. Um, they are. And it can, can be very scary. Uh, and many of them do perceive that this is against their will. Uh, but you've got to remember, one of the reasons for this is we have been trained to fear. Stranger danger, you know, fear, 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 fear. Television is a fear box. Uh, horror, you know, it's just a lot of fear being spoon-fed towards us. And this is this disinformation campaign has been really effective. And we need to start countering that with true information, and have people stop looking at their experiences from a fear-based point of view and look at what is actually happening to you. Is it a coincidence that after you've had your experience, you are suddenly healed, that you are now an environmentalist, <laughs> that you are now having out-of-body experiences, that you can touch a person's hand and know what they're thinking, that you can hold an object and do psychometry? Where is this coming from? What does this mean? Uh, what does this say about the ETs? Remember the first thing that comes out of an ET's mouth is often, or out of their head, I should say, uh, don't be afraid. Why would they say that? We we won't hurt you. Okay, this is interesting. It's not, Muhaha, I am coming for you. you know? <laughs> no, that's not it at all. Uh, so people really need to take a step back and when, when you're in terror, when you're in complete fear-based thinking, uh, it is easy to perceive things as evil. 
and you lose your abilities to sort of perceive things accurately. I was talking to a contactee about this who happens to be a nurse, and she's having contact with ETs. That did start out a little bit scary. It often does. Mm -hmm. uh, but she overcame it as a very young girl and uh, is having full-on conscious experiences. And uh, I'm like, well, what do you tell people who say they're being kidnapped against their will and that aliens are evil? And uh, she says, listen, I can't tell you how many times I've been dealing with a patient and they call me the most horrendous names. <laughs> Like, you evil bitch, get away from me. You're hurting me. And she's trying to save their lives. And this is not uncommon. This, and this is, again, that medical th theme that keeps turning up. And this is the scariest part of the contact experience for a lot of people. Initially, it's just seeing someone that looks different. Mm -hmm. right? Seeing someone that looks perhaps not quite like you. Isn't it interesting that we have such problems with racism, <laughs> divisiveness, and that is put forth? What is every news story about racism? Right. <laughs> you know, another shooting. Uh, when really, many, many, many more people are dying of car accidents. That's the real threat of cancer, <laughs> of other things that should be more front page news and they're not why ask yourself why it's the they're pushing forth a racism agenda yeah absolutely and, it, and it's tied to this it really is because it makes you fear anything that looks different so and this is a problem so not anymore i think we're overcoming racism people have gotten sick of it yeah they are tired <laughs> And uh, now we are, you know, we're having very strong movements, you know, about, you know, women's rights, uh, about, you know, uh, people of different races, the disenfranchised. Good, good times. Mm -hmm. These are good times. We're recognizing corruption. I am glad. Uh, another contactee told me, she's like, we should be happy about these these MFers, if you'll allow me to use that term, <laughs> who have been, you know, such putting forth an evil agenda because they have strengthened us. They have awakened us. And uh, now they have done their job. Now we know. And we no longer need their services. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the last hurrah, I think, for evil forces on our planet. So they're pa a little panicky. I hope so. I hope so. I hope they allow human beings the rights that they deserve. Really. Exactly. Exactly. We all deserve. I mean, healthcare shouldn't be a business. I mean, I, I don't even want to get political, but it's part of this. But, you know, when someone loses their entire life savings because they got sick, that's not right. That's not right at all. We have to find a way to stop healthcare from being a business. Uh, it's cheaper to it's cheaper to die and reincarnate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We and we really the whole political divisions. What a joke! People are the same. We we right. agree on most everything. We all just want to feed our families and have fun. 
uh, and all this talk about certain issues to, is just to divide people. When you get to know someone, if, you know, people within families are different, have different beliefs, even different political affiliations. They still love each other. Mm-hmm. There's no need for all this hate speech. I, ah, oh, let's come together. Let's find a way. Let's let love and truth guide us. Yeah, the trolls on the internet. That's another good example. I wonder how many of these guys are paid. You know, and have a hundred different identities, a right. hundred different Facebook accounts, and are paid disinformants and divisive agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I know some people who are very powerfully psychic. They're some of these contactees who have the ability, and they proved it to me. And they're like, "Oh, stay away from this one." He, he, you know, this this is this guy is one of them. Hmm. Uh, have you seen recently on the internet people are attacking the Travis Walton case? Oh yeah, yeah I see it all the time. And I, and I was looking at them. I'm like, who is this guy? And he's putting. Well, I just saw an interview with Mike Rogers, who is you know sort of the rock, between a rock and a hard place. And he's like, nope, that interview where, where I was said I, that this was a hoax is completely false. He's the person who interviewed him stitched together his interview with creative editing and had asked him about Phil Class, who called this case a hoax and used his response to Phil Class's saying it was a hoax to make it look like he said the whole thing was a hoax. This is what I'm talking about with disinformation. And there's a bunch of people now who are like, oh, I knew Travis was lying. I'm like, what? And I don't know if it's a bunch of people, but again, these trolls. So we have to be very careful. The internet is just a uh, really tricky tool because anyone can go out there and say anything. Yeah, no. it, it, it is. It's very tricky. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on, and we touched on it a little bit last time we spoke, and, and I think it's what's going to ultimately lead to the solution of this problem. And it's something that, that, that you've, spent some time developing, which is like the CE5 contact. Now, <clears throat> you know, I get, I, you know, all these times I've talked to you, I said, like, man, I've never seen a UFO. I've never seen a UFO. What? And, really? And, no, but, but, but listen, after the last time I talked to you, right, I, I started sitting, like, I'd go out in my backyard with my dog, and I'm laying there, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to lay here, and I'm open myself up, and I'm going to say, I want to see a UFO. I want to see a UFO. Right. And, and one night I'm, I'm doing it and, and over here I'm like, I look over and I see like was obviously a plane. It's, it's, you know, blinking lights going in one direction. It's relatively low. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a plane. But then I look over here and I see something going really pretty fast, you know, but, but it was going in, uh, like a pretty, pretty straight, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that could be a satellite or it could be, a shooting star or a meteor or something. Then all of a sudden, it just stopped, went sort of in the opposite direction just a little bit, and then blinked out. Nice. So, so what do you think? Is that just a? Is it could have been an, a meteor in an atmospheric anomaly, or do you think I actually had it? Or did did it actually work? Um, well, let's go down the list a little bit because I love this. This is this is part of UFO research, right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, so we can rule out a satellite. Satellites don't stop. We can rule out a plane because planes can't stop. Uh, we can rule out ball lightning because uh, that doesn't behave that way at all. It's not. It's very fleeting. Mm -hmm. uh, so could it have been a, a helicopter? No. Helicopters have navigation lights, and you can hear them, and they can't fly super high. So we, we're going down this list. It's not a balloon, right? No. Uh, it was at night. Um, it was lit. So, so what we're... We start to get to, uh, this is what J. Allen Hynek called theory escalation. When someone sees a UFO, they start going through the list. Like, well, is that a plane? No, it's not a plane. No, it's just a balloon. And that's the other thing I liked about it, too, is I had a plane in the sky at the same time to compare it to. Yeah. So the only thing this could be would be a, a satellite. And we know it's not that. Uh, and we know it's not a plane. So this leaves us with, it's a craft of some kind. Because, I mean, this wasn't during a storm, was it? Uh, no, no, it was, it was a clear night. Right, so ball lightning would be the only other explanation. And ball yeah. lightning is exceedingly rare. It, and it was also very far out. Like, like, like it, this was probably in space, what I was looking at. Right. You know, it wasn't in the atmosphere. And, and that's the only thing that makes me question, though, if, if it was outside the atmosphere, could have been some type of optical illusion. Uh, well, I mean, anything's possible, but I think what, what it comes down to is when you look at something and it, it impresses you and, and it puzzles you, and if it's got strange appearance, strange movement, and strange sound, you know, if, it, if it's kind of ticking all these boxes with the senses we have available, mm -hmm. and you still can't identify it, this is technically a UFO. Right. Now, what is a UFO? Unidentified flying object. Yeah, but the word UFO is really synonymous with alien craft. That's yeah. what it's come to mean. And I've argued with people about this. Oh, a UFO just means anything. I'm like, not anymore. And, and they're, you know, the government's using UAPs. Yeah. What is the difference? Uh, it's just sort of a stupid maneuver, I think, just to remove themselves from the UFO subject and call it something else. Uh, which is, it's exactly the same thing. Unidentified aerial. Well, aerial, flying, P, phenomena. Uh, well, it's, yeah, I think it's a UFO. And this is what I tell people, the CE5 work, is, these protocols are very effective. And it's not hard to see a UFO. Uh, and I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, we were talking about how can we, you know, what's the next step? Right. You know, and I listed those three things. I should have listed that as well. You're absolutely yeah. right. That's our best tool. Uh, and it, it does work. You can just sit out there in your backyard, on your roof. You don't have to go out to, you know, the desert or the mountains or the ocean or a, even, a, you know, go to a UFO hotspot. Yeah, do it. There are hotspots all over the country, all over the world. Most states that I've researched have their own hotspot. Mm -hmm. uh, Colorado, it's San Luis Valley. Yeah. New York, it's you know the Hudson Valley. Yep. Um, Arizona, it's Sedona. Mm -hmm. California has you know the 
Santa Catalina channel. Uh, there are areas you can go which will increase your chances. Yep. Like I think for me, it would be like Gulf Breeze would probably be the closest one. Yep, that's another good spot. Um, Alabama had a huge wave of sightings at one point. I forget where it was. Uh, but yeah, every area does have certain areas that are seem to be more conducive. But CE5 work is becoming very popular. It's widely known now. And I, I joined you know, Stephen Greer's group, CSETI, when it formed. And we formed a little LA chapter here. Uh -huh. And it's funny, he's like, you know, I was, I was there and he was speaking. He said, here's how you call down a UFO. The best case I could find comes from researcher Preston Dennett. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, wow, wow. I was so excited. And he talked about one of my cases, which occurred in Santa Monica, where a gentleman had used colored lights mm -hmm. to you know it was a publicity stunt for nbc right <laughs> and it, it called down a ufo arnie weiler was the guy interviewed uh, I, I was talking to a guy last night he's a researcher in new york and he did a um, a ce5 session with about 75 people and and he said the, the craft came up appeared right over top of him yeah, it works. Lights is one method. You know, in that Santa Monica case, uh, the guy I interviewed, Arnie Weiler, turned to Rick Liebert, the guy who, who was setting up the special effects, and said, look, there's two UFOs. And Rick Liebert said, oh, that happens every time I do this. I'm like, Arnie, I need to talk to Rick. <laughs> uh, and I did. Mm -hmm. And Rick Liebert said, oh, yeah, it's definitely happened. He pointed to another incident in San Diego where he used an argon laser. And so those two cases were the ones Stephen Greer used in his book. It's like, you can use lights. Uh, the real key is meditation. Uh, I would do not recommend laser pointers. I have it on very good authority that not only are those illegal and can damage you know, air, real aircraft, the ETs do not like them. Uh, they will go away. Uh, so don't use laser pointers. They're not only illegal, they're dangerous. Mm -hmm. but, but a simple flashlight can work. And we went out the first night, our group, with uh, 60 people and a UFO showed up. Could not believe my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. This is one of my early sightings. I've had a bunch of them since then. And we formed a group and we had a bunch of sightings. That's that, cool. Here's another method that I found out, which is kind of interesting. There was a case in upstate New York where a father went out with his sons and started shooting off little model rockets. And uh, after like the fourth rocket, this UFO came swooping down and started swirling around the rocket as if to investigate. That fascinated me because I instantly thought of White Sands where they were launching rockets and the UFOs kept showing up. Mm -hmm. And that happened at China Lake. And then I found a case in Arizona, another toy rocket. I found another toy rocket case. <laughs> so wow. you know, there, there are various methods that you can call down UFOs. I've been watching um, the second episode of uh, Skinwalker Ranch, and, and and twice they've shot rockets up and filmed UFOs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I watched the first season. I haven't caught yeah. the second season. Yeah, they, caught, they did it in the first season, and they caught a UFO. 
And so they decided to repeat the test again in the second season, and it happened again, exact same spot. Yep, various methods work. Jim and Coral Lorenzen, uh, you may have heard of them. They founded APRO. Mm-hmm. Um, they are true, true pioneers, and God bless them because they broke this field wide open more than anyone else, really, certainly in the United States. Uh, they formed the first citizen UFO group. APRO, Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. And they started to predict sightings. They found a way. They said anytime anyone builds an installation that has any technology to it whatsoever, the UFOs show up. If it's a new Air Force base, if it's a new factory, if it's a nuclear power station, dollars to donuts, something is going to show up. And they were predicted a number of uh, sightings this way. And I can tell you for sure that anything nuclear, ETs are there. <laughs> Every nuclear power station, nuclear right. missile sites, um, nuclear submarine, well, you know, uh, that have torpedoes or are powered nuclear, or nuclear powered missile cruisers. This, the ETs are all over them. <laughs> That's another way to do kind of CE5 research is Pay close attention to that. Um, anything nuclear and the ETs are watching it closely. Wow. Well, it definitely works. That is for sure. And now I'm like a big proponent now of kind of getting people, getting that kind of message out for people. Because I think it's just great. It's something that people can try, you know, and, and, and you know, if they'll get results. Pretty cool. Yeah. I, I was a little skeptical, and then I, I got a result. No, the ETs love it. This is what I'm hearing from contactees, and, and it also explains why. Like, like for example, on the uh, episode of Expedition X that you were on, you know, they went out looking for the ET in the, I mean, for a, a craft, and they saw one. And it makes me wonder: was it just simply was was some of the reason they got that result was the fact that they were simply there looking? That yeah. is why I showed up. I don't think so. I think that because they're on top of things. They're very telepathic. If you're out there, they know it. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're going to show up, there's varying factors, I think. But I'm guessing they're like, hey, here's an opportunity to get on reality TV. Let's yeah. do it. Because I, I don't know if I told you this. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> uh, the, the Kardashians called me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he told me about that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, wanted to call down a UFO. They live in Malibu, you know, and I'm like, that's a major hotspot. You know, you called the right guy. I've investigated this area. Wrote a book about it, like, too. <laughs> and they're like, well, how do you do it? How do you do it? They were very nice. I'm like, it's very simple. And I told them what you already know. Just go out. Late at night is better. And bring a flashlight and mentally call out. And something did show up. And I don't think it was a coincidence. I think the ETs are like, all right, here's a chance to reach a wider audience. Mm-hmm. They love doing this. I have it on good authority. I recently, this is so wild, talked to a contactee who was inside a UFO when the UFO responded to a CE5 group. Really? Came sw- yeah, came swooping down and flashed its lights. Wow. What, the, what what was their report? Like, like how did they know that it's 
the CE5 was happening while they were on the craft. They're aware of it. They told her, like, we're going to go down and show ourselves to this group of people who are trying to call us down. Whoa. And uh, that's the first time I've heard that. This is an amazing contactee uh, who I'm in, you know, in touch with. And I've been interviewing her. She's going to be the subject of my next book. And she, she's like, recently told me this. She keeps blowing my mind. Uh, and I know she's telling the truth because she's got evidence to back it up. She's so, shown me some incredible things and displayed incredible psychic abilities. Uh, I mean, incredible. She came, she woke me up one evening. She you know, lives across the United States. I'm here in California. I woke up and there she was in my bedroom as a full color apparition, smiling Whoa. from ear to ear. So like, she was wow. actually able to astral project and materialize? Yeah. Almost like by location? Yeah. And, and it's funny, I'm all into OBEs. Um, this is something I've really got into, at, coincidentally or not. <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence. At the same time of UFO research, you know, my mom had passed away. I saw her spirit. I thought, oh, I've lost my mind. You know, I didn't believe in ghosts <laughs> or life after death or UFOs. Uh, but she kept visiting me over and over again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? <laughs> Either I'm losing my mind or my mom is coming to visit me. Maybe there is life after death. Mm -hmm. and that got me interested in dreams and then out-of-body experiences. I picked up a book by Robert Monroe. He said, you can do this. You can actually go out of body. And I learned how to do it. No kidding. I learned how and uh, got good at it. I'm still pretty good at it. It's a huge part of my life. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it, despite mm -hmm. you know a lot of eye rolling that I get from people. This is a real thing. It's connected to all this. And uh, I would often try to appear to people. My family would never see me, friends. Uh, I'd be like, shoot, you know, I'm right in front of you. Can you see me? I'm like, hello, hello, hello. But you're like a ghost. You're out there sort of wandering around. And I went to her house, this contactee. And she whirled around and looked at me and said, I can't talk now. She was on the phone. I could see she was on the phone. She mm -hmm. says, I can't talk now. I'm being robbed. I'm like, oh, my God. And I went back to my body, which is, you know, several thousand miles away at this point. <laughs> and uh, woke up. I thought, well, I'm gonna have to call her. I'm going to have to call her because I swear she looked at me and she talked to me. And she called me. She says, I saw you. I saw you last night. What were you doing? I'm like, I, th I, I just thought I would come and visit you and see if I could do it. <laughs> Because wow. uh, it's, it's not always easy, you know, to, to get out and then to remember. What to, it's, it's tricky. So, so, body stuff is tricky. So when you do that, because uh, I, I, I've had an out-of-body experience inadvertently, you know, it was like through like a, an epileptic seizure. And it was just, you know, it, I mean, it changed my life, definitely. But ever since then, I've been trying to do it like you're doing with a like being able to control it, to be able to will it to happen. Um, but, and I've tried all, like, like the closest thing I think I've come to is like using like with, with the binaural beats when I, when I yep. do that. Um, however, I find it difficult to 
like either I, I lose consciousness like I'm sleeping. You know, I don't know if I'm sleeping or not, but I'm definitely not in this conscious type of state. Or, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm just trying to imagine something. Right. Yeah, well, you're on the right path. Um, it, it takes a bit of discipline. It's a bit like learning a musical instrument or a new computer program. Um, it's, it's, you know, it takes some real effort, I think, some real focus. Uh, ultimately, it's a process involving deep meditation, deep relaxation, and visualizations and affirmations. Uh, you really need to do a regular meditation on a daily basis. Works best. Uh, perhaps it takes about 20 minutes to reach a state of re relaxation mm -hmm. where you're close to being able to do this. You want to relax to the point where you feel you don't feel your body anymore. You know, you can't even tell where your arms or legs are at. Or, you know, you feel heaviness or lightness or vertigo, buzzing, numbness. Ultimately, you want to feel what's known as the vibratory state, strong vibrations moving through your body, uh, which sometimes you will feel. Sometimes you're like, yeah. jerk, you know, when you're, like, when you're waking up or falling asleep. Mm -hmm. um, that's the vibratory state. And it's you coming back or you leaving or you starting to leave. Uh, so it's really all about relaxation. Uh, and you have to use your imagination, your willpower, your intent your desire, kind of breath those all together. You have to really focus and intend and want to do this. And you, you, so you relax yourself physically, you relax yourself mentally, and you watch your thoughts until they become pictures in your head. And this is the point where people always fall asleep, you know, and it's such a pain in the butt. That <laughs> happens to me. Like, and so what you can do is get in a position that you don't normally fall asleep in. Like, I don't sleep on my back. I just have a hard time falling asleep on my back, so I'll just lie on my back. Or you might sit up, you know, in your easy chair. Or, you know, get on your stomach or whatever. Another way is to put your head at the foot of the bed. <laughs> uh, not quite sure why that works, but it makes you a slightly lighter sleeper because mm. you're hyper aware of like, well, you know, my bed's in the wrong position or you are not in the right position in your bed. And that, that, that can work. I could try that. Um, other ways is to not drink any water. So you're a little bit thirsty or to drink so much water that you have to wake up and go to the bathroom and it makes you a slightly lighter sleeper. Uh, there's little various techniques. One really, really good method is to wake up in the middle of the night and walk around, turn on the lights, read for a few minutes, go to the bathroom, walk outside, spend a few minutes, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes awake at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and then go back to sleep with the, with the intention. Just say, okay. I'm going to go back to sleep. I'm going to relax. And I'm going to go out of body and then let it go. I, I don't can, like. I could do that. My dogs wake me up every night around 3 a.m. And I yeah. have to get up and go outside with them. So do that. And, and as you go to sleep, don't like try to remain awake and relax and try to do it. You know, just relax, relax, relax. 
intend to do it and then turn your attention away from the environment and go 180 degrees inward and pay attention to your thoughts and then let go you put the work in you have to at some point let go and let it happen uh, but there are various techniques um, one really good technique is dream work and th by that i mean you keep a dream log a dream book mm -hmm. you work very hard to remember your dreams uh, and become lucid in the dream state. And to do that, you have to do what's called critical reality testing. Mm -hmm. and this, this is the method that works for everybody. And this is a super secret <laughs> that will work every time, hands down. This is almost a guarantee. Uh, and it's not widely known. Uh, so what you want to do is uh, throughout the day, um, regularly, once an hour would be ideal, Three times a day would work, but best way to set up is a little routine. Like every time I go to the bathroom, I'm going to do this. Every time before I eat, I'm going to do this. Every time I have to you know, clean or something you do every day, mm -hmm. do this. And what you do is reality testing. You ask yourself, am I dreaming? Could I possibly be right out of body right this second? And it's going to sound like a stupid question because... I mean, if you ask yourself right now, you're like, I'm obviously awake and I know it. I know it. And you don't even question it because right. you just know, no, no. There's just a certain way you, when you're awake, you know it. But that's what is happening when you're asleep and out of body. You're saying the same thing because you think you're awake. You think you're in the physical, but you're not. The world looks so real that it never even occurs to you to question reality. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is question reality throughout the day. And there's various ways, there's three or four ways to do this. That's work really well. One is to look around you and look for anomalies. Because almost always when you are in the dream state or out of body, there's an anomaly of some kind. Your dresser is gone. <laughs> Your driveway is facing the wrong way. Your carpet is the wrong color. A window is missing. Something. There's a person in your room. <laughs> um, you know, it could be anything. I once, you know, picked up a penny and it was a bicentennial penny. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, that's weird. They must be making those now. <laughs> I didn't quite recognize it for what it is. It's called a cue. These are cues sent by your higher self, your soul to uh, wake you up. And this is how people become lucid in the dream state. And another method is to try to levitate. Because when you're out of body, you can fly. And objects will float. So every day, before you go to the bathroom, take a little leap. Or take a pencil and lift it up and see if it floats by dropping it. And it will almost always drop. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Because I know I'm awake, but whatever. And you look around like, mm, everything looks fine. Another way is to sort of poke your finger through the wall. And see if it goes into the wall. Mm -hmm. And it won't. Poke it into your desk at work. And you're like, huh, well, nope, I'm not penetrating it. Because you, when you're astral, when you're in the dream state, you can penetrate objects. So... These are like three things you can do. 
And what will happen is so funny. It is so funny when it happens because you'll be at work and you're like, ah, I, you know, I want, can't wait to go home. And you're looking at the clock. I'm like, maybe I'll do that stupid exercise. And you take your pen <laughs> and you throw it up and to your complete shock, it floats. And you look at it and suddenly your work, your office disintegrates. This happened to me. <laughs> and uh, I was floating above my bed. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I'm like, I was at work and I was not even having a good time. <laughs> and I wasn't. I wasn't at work. I was out of body. Uh, so if you do this three times a day, preferably 10, what will happen is you'll go to bed and you'll be in the dream state and you're like, no, 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 I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm at work, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm visiting family because that's what we do. And uh, suddenly you'll do this test and boom, you are out of body. It's so amazing. It works so well. well I, have to, I can do that. I can definitely give that a try. I hope you do because I tell this to people and I just know they're not doing it. Otherwise, because the ones that do call me and like, it worked. <laughs> you only needed to do it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, I told you. Well, I, what you told me about seeing the UFO worked, so why am I going to doubt it? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is a way to wake up. And, that's and, and dreams are just weird to begin with, you know. And it's kind of funny. Like One thing that has, that has been happening to me is lately I've been remembering dreams that I've had a long time ago that I had forgotten. And then also I'm like, I'm like, why am I remembering this old dream? Ah, that's a wonderful sign. I had, I get that all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. Um, that's just because we're basically when you start to wake up, you double your lifespan. Uh, we're, we're, I'll put this in air quotes, unconscious a third of the time. In reality, we're not. We're conscious on the other side. We are having full-on experiences. And what we remember is often kind of bizarre, distorted dreams that seem very unrealistic. And that's just part of what dreams are. Most of the time, you are not doing that. You are having real experiences. And what will happen as you start to wake up, and this is something that's natural, people spiritually evolve whether they want to or not. Sooner or later, everyone will wake up uh, because that's what life does to you. <laughs> it's a, wow. inevitable that at one point you will start raising your awareness. So I was wondering, like, like, I was wondering, like, why is this happening? Like, why am I all of a sudden remembering some weird dream that I had like a year ago now? <laughs> yeah. You know, there can be little cues that will do it. It's very interesting, isn't it? You're like, whoa, I think this was like four years ago I had this dream. What, now I'm remembering it? Mm -hmm. Sometimes what will happen is I'll be, you know, someone will say umbrella or something. And suddenly I remember that umbrella dream. Right. <laughs> like, whoa. Well, yeah, it's, what's really interesting is you start having dreams that come true. Uh, astral travel wakes you up psychically. You'll start having telepathy and clairvoyance and precognition and past life recall that happens too i'll just see something on tv some rolling hills 
or no a flag that happened i was driving to work there's these new flags that are kind of short and they look like centurion flags mm-hmm. right and i was looking at that going oh, why and i got a weird feeling and suddenly i'm like on a battlefield <laughs> as a knight you know or one time i'm at a used car lot and there's those little triangular flags flapping in the wind over the used car lot I'm like, why is this giving me a weird feeling? <laughs> hmm. And suddenly I felt like, you know, I'm like this Tibetan monk or something, and I'm seeing these colored flags. And it was only later. That was when I was a little kid. I was like nine years old or something. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at them like, that makes me feel weird. <laughs> I feel like I'm somebody else almost. And later I saw these, you know, Tibetan flags on Mount Everest. And I just about cried looking at hmm. them because I remembered that. I remembered it. Wow. Yeah, the past life stuff is a lot of fun. You go out of body, it comes roaring back at you. Hmm. Have you ever had the experience where you're looking at yourself in the mirror or even like on a Zoom call like this, like we're, we're looking, you're kind of like, like looking at yourself and you see somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is all about the out-of-body experience doubles, or like a often, yeah. Suddenly, I will be looking in a mirror, and sometimes it's my own reflection, and I look great. My hair comes back. I'm young again. <laughs> I'm buff. I look good. <laughs> um, but some, I looked in the once I popped out of body, and I, for whatever reason, ran into the bathroom, and, and there was a woman. I'm like, whoa, I'm a girl. I'm like, whoa, look at this. And then I was a someone else. And then I was someone else. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on here, if these are past lives or what. But yeah, that's definitely a thing. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's called <laughs> transconfiguration. There's a name for it, actually. Really? Yeah. Huh. Is, is that a past life thing that, that we're looking at, like our past selves? I think so. I, th- I think that's the best explanation. But on the other hand, we have like soul groups, you know, and we're very connected to certain people. And uh, that can, that might also be part of it. And in fact, we're not, you know, individuality is a product of the physical plane. Yeah. And to a certain extent, I think we will always be individuals. We are sort of inviolate entities, inviolable. You know, you cannot violate a person. You can hurt them, you can kill them, but you will never extinguish an entity. An entity is a sacred thing, and it will never go away. And that's what we are. We are an indivisible part of this universe. But we are all the same energy, and there is no separation between you and the... What separates you from the universe? Your skin? No, you're breathing in air. You're eating food. No, it's flowing through you, the entire universe. So basically, we are so, that's how connected we are. And this is why telepathy works, because we are essentially the same thing. We are not separate. We are a part of the same cloth. We are so, so connected that when you go out of body, you come back and you can hear people's thoughts and you will cry if they are crying. You become empathic to a degree that it's hard to separate yourself from other people. Um, you, 
a lot of near-death experiencers talk about this. Suddenly they'll like have as much love for a complete stranger as their own family. And their family's like, why aren't, you know, why did you just give away $5,000 to that complete stranger and you wouldn't lend it to me? <laughs> mm. uh, because they feel a connection to all things. Animals. Every single contactee I've spoken to, I'm not going to say every single one, but this is a thing too. The vast majority of them have this huge connection to animals. It's incredible. Some more than others. But it's absolutely a thing. And uh, you will see this with contactees. Hmm. And I've brought this up and people are like, oh, no, I forgot to tell you that. So now it's definitely one of my questions. How do you feel about animals? Any unusual animal experiences? I had a deer walk up to me once. I'm like, wow. I had a hawk <laughs> land right next to me. And look at me. I was really upset. I was out there like praying. Some, someone had hurt me, you know, betrayed my trust. I'm like, why, why, why? That person, oh, I'm mad. And I was just really hurt. And this hawk landed right next to me and looked at me in the eye. And I'm like, wow. That was like two feet away. Wow, that's cool. Four feet away. That was really cool. Hmm. All that bad feeling evaporated pretty quick. (laughs) Right? You just remember, like, yeah, part of this whole thing, they can't really damage me. Yeah. And this brings us back to the whole ET thing. Because that's what they're trying to teach people. This this sort of oneness. Uh, That's a real thing. Uh, And uh, that's their big agenda. And that's what this uh, government, the secret government, is super afraid of. I mean, you hit it on the nose. They do not want us to wake up. They want you to take those drugs they advertise on TV. Um, Mm -hmm. They want you to eat, you know, those terrible foods that will lead you to illness. Uh, There's a big push to dumb people down. The whole educational system could be a lot better. (laughs) De-educational. To uneducate people. (laughs) Programming system. Mm -hmm. Um, There's definitely vast room for improvement there. (laughs) But yeah, these are good times. You know, a lot's going on. There are a lot of good researchers out there who are really trying to wake people up. A lot of contactees are stepping forward. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty excited that corruption is finally being recognized. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I think that did come from that report for for me anyway. And like you, you know, it's like we're not going to get this answer through them. And, right. and it, this system absolutely has no regard for us. Yeah, I still think they should be held to account, but I'm not going to look to them for answers. Why would right. I look to the you know the playground bully to be nice to me? <laughs> He's not going to do it, you know. Why does the why is the bully bully people? Mm-hmm. Lack of confidence. It's fear. These people who are doing this are fear based themselves. You know they are very greedy. Anyone who has that kind of wealth and will not pay minimum wage or you know only pays minimum wage. It's like what? You have a billion dollars and you're paying your workers how much? You can't afford 
Uh, (laughs) Do you think if enough people use like a CE5 technique calling out the extraterrestrials to be like, please help us out of this mess. Please, you know, help get this 1% out of control. Do you think they'll help us? Yeah, yeah, I think they are helping us. I think that's why UFOs are saturating our culture. This is why it's the number one subject in science fiction. Why half the best top-grossing movies involve ETs. Why this is a huge thing in video games. Uh, Why the majority of people believe in UFOs? Because they are putting this forth. They're conducting a very vigorous publicity campaign to announce their presence without taking over and causing complete social collapse to a, to a people that have been you know dumbed down and trained to fear anything that looks slightly different. Mm-hmm. But if, and I, it's funny you said that, because this is what a few contactees have been telling me. Like, we need to get everyone all at once, as many people as we can. doesn't need to be everybody, but if we can get a million people to do this, go out and call them down to do have every podcast you know all the people who are doing this kind of work to to come together in agreement and say let's do a ce5 podcast day mm-hmm. and world ufo day you know i think we have a world ufo day don't we july 2nd or something i forget what it is yeah it's just happened I, I... <laughs> yeah um and so and there, there is a strong CE5 movement that's becoming global. Mm-hmm. It's like every first Saturday of every uh, w- week, this happens. Or every first Saturday of every month, there's a CE5, a global CE5 movement. Mm-hmm. But we need more. We need more people. It would be very effective if we did yeah. this. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the only way, probably, is to either petition them enough people petitioning the ETs to to help us out or I don't know. I don't know what the other answer is, you know. I mean, it really is. I don't know if there is another answer because we're just heading towards self-annihilation. Yep, that's what the ETs think. They're like, you are going to destroy your planet. They told this lady I interviewed, I call her uh, Lynette. That's not her real name. Uh, there's still a ridicule factor, unfortunately. People are like, please don't mind use my name. About half now say, fine, use my name. But she says, no. The ETs told her flat out, the Greys said, and this is almost a direct quote, you must tell people to stop putting out the greed and negativity that you are putting out because if you continue to do so, you will destroy your planet like we did. They told her all kinds of stuff. Tell people to stop eating meat. You really don't need to eat all that meat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? I kind of like my chicken. Mm. <laughs> uh, but other other contactees have told them, well, the greys actually do eat meat. So there's yeah. some controversy there. But I've heard that a few times. Uh, they told her, if people should start disappearing from this planet, it's being done by us for the greater good. And I thought, oh my gosh. I'm like, did, I'm like, Lynette, do you know about the missing 411 phenomena? Mm-hmm. She's like, the what? The what? No. She doesn't read UFO books. No, she, 
she's pretty, you know, not into the media. Uh, she didn't know about it. I'm like, this is a thing. People are disappearing from our planet. She's like, oh, yeah. really? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. The ETs told her they're doing it. They are yeah. the ones who are doing it. That's yeah. encouraging. And, and also, we don't. Even, there's even ones that we they might be taking that we don't realize. People that like we think might be dying, and are actually being taken. Like for example, that building that collapsed in Florida. I mean, they could have taken some of those people, and we would never even know. Yeah, I asked a contactee about that. Uh, I'm like, you know, because she's like, oh, people are taken, and they choose to stay and live with the ETs and go to other planets. I'm like, really? She's like, honest to God. I'm like, well, why don't they just take people from disasters? She says, oh, they do. I'm like, oh, really? She's like, oh, yeah, they've taken people from plane crashes and, you know, things like that. I'm like, like 9-11? She says, I'm not aware of 9-11, but, yeah, I am aware of a couple of uh, major plane crashes. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, can you tell me which one? And she got real quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And and she thought about it. She's like, no, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to tell you. Uh, what was that flight that went missing? Like Malaysia. Five? Yeah. What do you think? You, th- you think that one was taken by them? Um, well, recently they found some wreckage. It washed up on uh, the shore of, gosh, where was it? Some island. Right. Yeah, I heard and, about the wreckage and, that they and, found, but, but yeah, th- that wonder. could be fake too. Um, yeah, I mean, sure possibly could be disinformation looking at the news report because i did study it i was very interested in, because of this possibility because there was a lot of mystery to that flight yeah and i thought huh is this you know taken uh but it appears that it did crash but yeah that could be one that could be perhaps the one this contact he was talking about hmm. uh, which i can see why she's not allowed to tell because you know that would raise all kinds of questions and yeah, that condo collapse. I wonder about that because they found, haven't found the remains of some 50 people. And it doesn't look like they're going to. I don't know if, you know, perhaps they were completely obliterated or, boy, how tragic yeah. that is. Um, but it's nice to know that possibly this is going on. And I can tell you, I know for a, well, I don't want to say fact, but I've got some a good case that points towards this from a lady I interviewed by the name of Pat Cates, from originally from, I believe, Georgia, moved to Louisiana, and had all kinds of experiences. But one was so strange. I don't know if I've ever told you this one. Uh, but she had an experience. She has like what she calls UFO dreams. She knows they're real, mm-hmm. but, she, but she calls them UFO dreams. Uh, but this one, she got proof that it was more than just a dream. She's pretty sure. She woke up and she's standing next to a flying saucer. Mm. Uh, and it's a big one. And there's another one a few hundred yards away. And it's also huge. There's this little, um, what do you call it, a ramp coming down to the ground. And there's little grays walking around underneath, making sure it's stable. And she's standing next to this human-looking E.T. in a blue jumpsuit. And uh, he's short. She looks kind of, uh, you know, dark-skinned, like, you know, Latino, perhaps. And he told her telepathically, we need to go down into this town and pull people out. Um, 
And she didn't question it. She's not sure why she didn't, but she just obeyed, followed him like a obedient little puppy <laughs> down into this small town, which she says didn't look like Louisiana or anywhere in the U.S. I'm like, well, what did it look like? She says, I don't know. It looked like Peru, she said, or maybe Mexico is this cute little village, but it wasn't U.S. And it wasn't a little village. It was fairly large. And they went and collected people all night long. She says it took hours. And they just pull people out. And she, you know, I had her describe it pretty in de detail. But long story short, they pulled about a thousand people out of this town and put them into this UFO. All the people followed without question. Nobody protested. Nobody resisted. The other U UFO was filled up too. And suddenly, uh, as they're filling people up, they, the ramps close and the things lift up and there's a huge explosion off in the near distance. It's a volcano hmm. and wall of mud and debris and ice and houses and bodies come sweeping over this town and buries it. And the UFOs land in the mud and pull a few more people out landed three times, you know, first initially, second, and then one more time, pulled a few more people. Next thing she knows, she's waking up, and the UFO has landed in her driveway in Louisiana. And there's a gray there. He's kind of smiling at her and takes her into her bed. And she falls asleep. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm shortening this a little bit. It's a big case. But she wakes up the next morning and tells her friend, and her friend is listening and says, Pat, I want you to hang up the phone and turn on the TV. Pat's like, what? Why? Just do it. Hang up the phone right now. Turn on the TV. So Pat hangs up the phone, turns on the TV, and a volcano had just exploded. It's on every channel. It's the Nevada, Nevado Del Ruiz volcano in Colombia, South America. Which, and it buried the town of Armero. That was the town she saw. Hmm. And it killed 23,000 people. And I'm like, Pat, are you sure that this was the same town? She's like, I'm, yeah, I was there. I saw it. I happened to have a book on this volcano explosion. I'm a disaster nut. I've got all the books on disasters. <laughs> Volcanoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, you name it, shipwrecks. So I pulled the book out and I started reading the eyewitness accounts and they matched up perfectly with what Pat was describing. I'm like, what do you think happened to those people? She cried, you know, she started tearing up. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I have to believe that they were not put back because how could you put these people back on earth? They were taken and relocated. Hmm. She actually ended up going to therapy to the doctors over this. She was upset. She was traumatized wow. about this. She had full-on validation that this was no longer just a dream. This really happened. You know, I, I interviewed a guy about a month ago. His name was Yossi from Israel. And he was having a dream about an extraterrestrial coming into his room. And he knew it was a dream. But yet when he woke up from the dream... The extraterrestrial was there. 
Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So it wasn't only there in a material form, but it was there in his mind in, in, in a mental form. Yeah, they will, they will contact you in the dream state. They have that ability. Um, they're very spiritually advanced and communicate telepathically, astrally, through the dream state. And this is very complex because people have dreams where they recall a UFO encounter. They will dream about UFOs because they've had encounters and they're very interested in it. But they will have UFO dreams, in which is actual contact, like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> There's so many aspects to this. Um, yep. so, so before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you and find your book to make it number one? <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, I do have a website, PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. Uh, that'll take you there if you use the search engine. Just type in my name. That should work. All my books are there. I've got excerpts. You can contact me through my website. Also on Facebook. Also on Twitter. And also on YouTube. Uh, putting out my research on YouTube as well. Because this is an important subject. You know, I've had people like, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not really interested in UFOs. I've never seen one. Why should I care? I'm like, it doesn't affect me. I'm like, yes, it does. Do you have to go to work every day? <laughs> you know, what's your net worth? <laughs> How are you financially? How's your health? You know, what if we had this healing technology that is being withheld? Um, how would you like to get your hands on that? And then people start to look at me like, huh, do you mean, do you mean <laughs> this could affect me? I'm like, yes, it is affecting you. We are living under slave wage conditions when we don't have to. And it's directly connected to this. Just because you don't, are, you know, if you're skeptical, you don't believe or you're not interested, I can tell you for sure this is affecting your life in very profound ways. It's a very important subject. We need to break this wide open. We need to, the world is on the verge of a very different society. I think it's going to be great. I hope I live to see it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we will. This cover-up cannot last another 20 years. The ETs will, I think, um, have open official contact in less time than that. All right, then I only have to live to be 75. Hey, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could pull off another 20 years. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to be 76, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be old guys. Yeah. Like, hey, I told you so. I told you this would happen. And we'll still be doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well, by then, it might be like a space cast or something. <laughs> yep. Who knows? Then we'll have believe. the healing technology so we can live to be 120. Maybe. That would be fantastic. Oh, man. I really appreciate you coming back on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I will post the links to your website and your book in the notes of this episode so my listeners can find you. Awesome. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, I was, always have a blast talking with you. Me too. Well, um, lots happening. Until next month. We can review maybe the 70-page document. 
yeah. <laughs> of nothing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to those lies. I am. <laughs> Lots of double speak, that's for sure. Yep. All right. Now hang on one second, and I'm going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.